Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. Did you know that a business's location is one of the top factors in its success? In Ohio, we work to help you succeed on all fronts. Our diverse culture and highly educated workforce make hiring great talent easy. At the same time, our business climate and tax structure promote growth and spur innovation. Explore how Ohio is for you and your business at jobsohio.com slash success. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. That free speech is under assault like never before. Now more than ever, freedom is under its most pressing assault. This is what organizing looks like. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Armed with the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left has control over my generation. It's time to stand up and fight for my generation. It's time to fight back against the teachers who push critical race theory. It's time to fight back against the principals who don't let conservatives come to campus. We have to work together to do this, but it is a worthy fight. And we have no choice. If we lose freedom here, as Ronald Reagan said, there is no place we can escape to. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Let Freedom Ring. Uh, A little bit of personal stuff. I am finally over the COVID-19 pandemic. I had it for a few days. Had a little bit of a fever. I'm good now and we're back to go. The Chinese virus can't get me. Hey, today we're going to talk about the Department of Education and their plan to roll back critical race theory. Finally, we're going to talk about DeSantis's uh, town hall. We're going to talk about Joe Biden's town hall. We're going to talk about a few other things, but let's get started, okay? The Department of Education plans to roll back critical race theory in our country. They plan to roll it back. And you might be you might be questioning, and my question is, why was it ever a plan to begin with? Why did we ever have a plan for critical race theory to begin with? So, It goes that under fire from Senator Lee of Utah and other conservatives, the U.S. Department of Education has announced a reversal of previous plans to require that public schools teach critical race theory to qualify for certain federal grants. The only thing more troubling than critical race theory in public schools is the U.S. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardono, mandating that it will be there. So this has a few questions. The few questions is, why... It, this is why conservatives always say that we should get rid of the Department of Education, that we should we should get rid of it. We didn't. We only got it back in 1972, and if you look at our education before 1972, we were doing a lot better in terms of where we placed in the world, where we were here, where we were there. We were doing a lot better. Before 1972, we went to the moon, and we did a lot of great things, right? We did a lot of great things. However, since 1972, our education scores have plummeted. I still think America is the best place to live in the world and the best place to raise a family and the best school systems, but we plummeted on test scores. Now, I personally don't think test scores are the most important things in the world. You see, the people with high test scores work for the people with low test scores who paid more attention to their ideas. That's my personal belief on it. I think that you can be a very smart kid and not even do good on tests and you'll be a millionaire. And the person who does really good on tests will be the one who makes 70k a year and is a slave to the corporation their entire life. That's my opinion on it. But the the real question is, why are they pushing it? Why are they pushing critical race theory in the country? 
because this is something that directly affects my generation. I mean, my generation is generation learning this. I mean, millennials, I mean, they're probably still getting their masters for gender studies and underwater basket weaving doctorate. But other than that, typically my generation and the generations behind me are the ones that are in school that would have to learn this. So why are they pushing it? Well, let's, let's, let's take a second to think. You know, somebody once said that he who controls the youth controls the future. Now, the man who said that is a very not nice guy, but he was right on that. He was right on he who controls what the youth thinks really does control the future. And not I'm not calling the left Hitler, but it was Hitler who said that. I mean, Hitler had the Hitler youth camps, and he started those in the 1930s. Um, and that way, by the time that the the World War II had started, all he had a generation of kids who thought that he was he was God. And that he could do no wrong. And so that it was that generation of kids, they said, who were the most fierce fighters for Nazism. Because it's all they had known their entire life. And again, I want to preface, I am not saying that the left is are Nazis. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, look at what they're doing. If you can get a generation full of kids to stand up and fight against what they see as systemic racism, what they see as the worst sides of America, you're doing pretty good. Because that's more and more voters every day who graduate high school and are turning 18 and are able to vote. More and more people every day are able to vote. And if they learn about conservatism and how great America is and America's exceptionalism, let's be honest, they're going to vote Republican. But if they learn about how terrible America is and how the and how the Republican Party was racist even though the Democratic Party founded the KKK, well then I'm sorry to tell you, they're going to vote for the left. Or they're going to vote, if they learn that, they're going to vote for, vote for the right. That's why they're pushing it. They're pushing this to my generation because they are afraid. I mean, every Forbes wrote an article a couple of years ago that said my generation will be the most conservative generation in American history. And let's look at why. We grew up under failed Obama-era policies. We watched many of our loved ones lose houses in the recession that Obama presided over because he didn't know how to fix an economy. We watched as many families lost their health care providers and many families lost health insurance when Obama tried to cram down Obamacare through our throats. The only good thing that my generation can even really put up with in in the Obama term or the Obama administration was the killing of Osama bin Laden, right? That's the only thing that you can say that he did well, and I don't even give him necessarily credit for that. All he had to do was make a decision. It was, I give credit to the people who spent 15 years tracking him down. He's all Obama did was say, okay, whatever. And now there are some talks about whether or not he had to weigh whether or not if this is just a rich, rich prince from Dubai and you know we storm in there. Here's the thing, right? I mean, we, we kill innocent people every day with, with drone strikes. People would have forgot about it in a, in a week, let's be honest. But I think that him killing Osama bin Laden is the only reason probably he got reelected. Now you look at the electoral numbers and it looks like a landslide, but go in and look state by state. It was very close for Mitt Romney. Had we had somebody else been the nominee in 2012, there's a very high chance that we win that election because it was actually very close. It was a couple of thousand votes in between in some, some major states, which has really kind of been the case in 2016 and 2020. It's a couple thousand votes in a couple of states. And it tends to be the same couple of states that really decide the election every year. Now let's get into the two town halls. There were two town halls on Wednesday night. One was by Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who many presume will be the 2024 nominee for the Republican Party and probably the next president if he does run. And one by Joe Biden. Now, DeSantis called out Joe Biden. 
DeSantis was asked by Ron DeSantis, or DeSantis was asked by Sean Hannity what he thinks of the people of Cuba, and I'm going to play what he said. From day one, the people of Cuba have been protesting and demonstrating against the communist dictatorship in Havana. It's not because of vaccines. It's not because of these side issues. They want a new government. They want a free Cuba. And it's, I think, incumbent upon us in in the United States uh, to be supportive of those efforts. I've called on Joe Biden. The communist regime has shut down Internet. Let's work to beam Internet onto the island of Cuba so these folks have a fighting chance to converse with one another, to send what's going on to the outside world. Let's build an international coalition uh, so that the regime knows the free world stands with the people of Cuba. And, you know, Sean, I think it's, a, it's great that you're here in Florida. We, we take pride in being the free state of Florida, right? This is the beating heart of freedom in Florida and Little Havana because everybody in this community has been affected in one way or another by the communist dictatorship. Maybe they've had loved ones that have been killed by the regime, imprisoned by the regime, and obviously all of their relatives at one point fled a very evil regime. And so I think you're seeing people take to the streets here because we understand after 62 years, something is different on that island right now. We have an opportunity to really take a new chapter in history. And I think you point out in your monologue, Cuba would be a phenomenal ally of our country if it was free. They would boom like probably few countries um, in the Caribbean. It would be uh, a boon for the people of Cuba, and it would also be great for relations with the United States. So there you have it. I mean, he's calling Joe Biden out for this. And it starts to raise the question as to, well, why is is Joe Biden not coming in? I mean, he's saying nice words. He He said something about he supports the Cubans right to freedom but he didn't he didn't come out and he didn't say anything you know he didn't he didn't do anything he didn't call the castro regime he didn't call he didn't call the people in havana and say hey quit doing that you know quit being a socialist yeah he sent it he sent jinzaki out and said hey communism is the worst thing i've ever heard sure sure you can say that but let's look at your actions i mean you really you want to redistribute wealth you've said that multiple times on the campaign trail there was a question asked in 2019 at the at the Democratic National Debate. Am I the only one who remember this? That goes, raise your hand if you're for illegal immigrants getting health care. And everyone, including Joe Biden, raised his hand. Why won't they support Cubans being free? Why won't they support the Cubans who want to flee and come here? A lot of people have said, why don't we send, you know, the leftists, the socialists, the blue-haired liberals to Joe to to, to Cuba? And I. I I have no problem with that. I'd, I'd trade them to Cuba and in return get the freedom-loving Ameri- uh, freedom-loving Cubans. I would do that in a heartbeat. But I think the reason why Democrats don't want to they don't want to bring Cubans to America, they don't want to fight for freedom in Cuba. It's very simple. Okay, it's the same reason why they want people from Mexico coming over because Cubans are the only Hispanic people who vote overwhelmingly Republican, probably because for the last 60 years they've had to deal with what happens when the left is unchecked. The average, I would say nationwide, yeah, the average nationwide, according to Pew Research, is 40% of Hispanic voters vote Republican, or vote, yeah, vote Republican, so obviously around 60% vote Democrat, okay? Now, when you siphon that out and you put just Cuban Americans, just, just those from Cuba or ancestors from Cuba, it bumps up to nearly 60%. Nationwide, 58% of Cuban registered voters say they affiliate with or lean toward the Republican Party. That's the answer right there. The Democrats don't want to do anything that does not help them win elections and take more power away from you. you know, yesterday, I joined Todd Feinberg on uh, WTIC, I believe it is, in Boston. And, I, and we, sorry, in Hartford, Connecticut. And this is exactly 
what we uh, what we talked about as well. I mean, I, I said Democrats don't have any standards unless they have double standards. If they really care, cared about people wanting to fight against a tyrannical system, which they talk about, they would fight. They would help the Cubans. They would be they would be sending Wi-Fi over to the Cubans, like Ron DeSantis said. That's what they would be doing. But instead, what they're doing is changing the subject. And let's talk about Donald Trump, even though he's been out of office for six months now. It's been a terrible six months. I wish he was back, but he's been out of office for six months now. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how bad the let's talk about how bad the economy was when Donald Trump left office. Oh, it was it was terrible. It was the worst economy in the world. Joe Biden's doing a great job adding jobs. No, no, he's not. See, a lot of the jobs lost were lost in Democrat states because they locked down the country. And see, what you don't hear a lot of people talking about is the jobless claims jumped from about a hundred thousand to about five hundred thousand unexpectedly. Well, I wonder why. Everybody's worried about this new Delta variant. Well, I just had the Delta variant. And guess what? It wasn't that bad. Now, granted, I'm 19 years old and I'm healthy. I go to the gym. So maybe I'm not the best person to talk about the Delta variant. That could very well be true. But it, it wasn't that bad. I had a fever for a day. Today, I still got a little bit of a chuckle in my throat. That's why I'm very surprised I haven't had any problems this far in the podcast. But we're locking down schools again. We're locking down economies. I mean, California's starting to lock stuff down. When I was talking to Todd on w- WTIC, I believe it was, we were talking about how how crazy it was that the governor of Connecticut is getting another sick, uh, getting another two months of emergency controls. I mean, many governors throughout the state have have ended this. COVID hasn't been a thing in Georgia or Florida since like. June of 2020, I believe. And I remember we were getting called out left and right, left and right from people that were like, oh, Georgia and Florida are going to spike in two weeks. And we were like, okay, we'll see. No spike at all. They forgot about that. Then Texas opened up here recently and a couple months ago, and they called it Neanderthal thinking. Well, go look at Texas, okay? The Texas economy is doing great. The unemployment rate in Georgia has gone down for 14 months in a row. For 14 consecutive months, the unemployment rate has dropped in the state of Georgia. You know why that is? We don't know why we're the number one state in the country to do business. Because we support business owners. Because we support business owners. Now let's get to Joe Biden's town hall. Joe Biden had a town hall, and of course, he packed it. There were so many people there. There were about maybe three dozen people there. He packed that house. The most popular president, who got 81 million votes, packed the house in Ohio. I want to play a couple of clips of what he said, but I, I'm telling you guys, you might want to, uh, if, if you're really worried about the future of the country and the future of the leadership, you, you might not want to, uh, you might not want to listen. So this, this is Joe Biden talking about the January 6th riots. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. <laughs> the fact is you can't look at that television and say nothing happened on the 6th. You can't listen to people who say this was a peaceful march. No, I'm serious. Think about it. Think of the things being said. I've been through the other end of this when the Democrats 35 years ago were way off to the other side. Many times Republicans are in the right place. I don't mean that the Republicans, it's only the Democratic point of view. But some of the stuff, I mean, QAnon, the idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children and... No, I'm serious. That's... 
Now, you may not like me, and that's your right. Look, it's a simple thing. You, you can walk out and say, I just don't like the way that guy wears his tie. I'm voting against him. You have a right to do that. You have a right to do that. But the kinds of things that are being said of late, I think you're beginning to see some of the, and, both, and by Democrats as well, sort of the venom get, sort, of, sort of leak out of a lot of it. We've got to get beyond this. this. A couple of things. Let's notice how Joe Biden, one, mentioned his age when he said he had to deal with like the 1976 convention, maybe, was it? Or 68 convention. He had to deal with some crazy convention. I, I remember, I, I can't think of the exact convention that was wild. But he also, 35 years is way too long to be involved in any political parties. We were having some problems down here in Georgia, and our state parliamentarian has been state parliamentarian for 30 years. And I just sit to think, and I'm just, the fact that we've had, and I like I like the state parliamentarian, but a big issue we're having in the future of America and the fight for the future of America and the fight for the future of freedom is we're not empowering young voters and we're not empowering young Republicans. They're at a certain point, we got to hand this torch over, right? If you've been serving for 30 years, that means at some point you got the torch. I think personally there should be term limits involved for party leadership. I think there should be term limits for state chairs, for the national chair, for everything. I think you should not be able to serve more than two terms because we need new ideas. We need to hear more people and we need to get a different idea. We shouldn't let the same couple of families control the GOP. I mean, it hasn't been working here and not to mention the GOP doesn't like Trump. Anyway, that's not the point. You notice one that he talks about 35 years ago, but he does not talk about just a year ago, right? He does not talk about the riots being performed by Black Lives Matter a year ago. Oh, no, of course he couldn't do that. Because if he did, then it would be pointing out his his hypocrisy. Last year, billions and billions and billions and billions of da- dollars of damage were done to small businesses throughout the country. On January 6th, the mad people broke into the Capitol. Guess what? The next, that night... They were back to operating, right? Obviously, I'm not saying what happened on January 6th was a good thing. We should do it again. What I'm saying is by that night, they were operating again. Many of these businesses went out of business. They never operated again. They're still closed to this day because of the damage done by Black Lives Matter and the rioters, right? That That's the problem. And while people wave BLM flags and they say, you know, all Black Lives Matter. Let's not even point. First off, let's point out the George Floyd's brother said it's important to remember all lives matter. As he literally said that. If I find the clip, I'll put it in. But technology. I just want to reiterate: not just Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. For one, I'm just mad nobody told me that George Floyd's brother was a white supremacist for saying all lives matter. Look, I support the average Black Lives Matter activist because I think the average Black Lives Matter activist has a really good mission and they want to do really good things. I don't support Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the ones who have funneled millions and millions of dollars to buy mansions throughout the state, right? I mean, there's one in Georgia who's who's being prosecuted right now for buying like a $4 million mansion with donation money. But that's not the point, right? The point is that Joe Biden fails to call out his own party, which he, he said he was going to be the 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 president for all Americans. He fails to call that out. Joe Biden also brought up vaccines. Obviously, they've been pushing these vaccines really since the Trump administration. And really, if you think that you should get a vaccine, get a vaccine. If you think you shouldn't, you shouldn't. That's your right as an American. Nobody has the right to tell you to get a vaccine. No employer, no government. Nobody has the right to tell you to get a vaccine unless you want a vaccine. 
I didn't get vaccinated because I, I looked at the risk of the vaccine and I looked at the risk of getting COVID at my age. And I said, I'll roll the dice. I got COVID and I got over it within a day. Sure, my throat still hurts, but I think I'll be okay. I think I'll pull through, God willing. Let's play this clip of Joe Biden talking about vaccinations. The, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Listen, my, my view on vaccines are pretty simple, right? I think for the vast majority of people, if they feel that they need a vaccine, they should get a vaccine. That's my opinion. That's Ron DeSantis' opinion. That's, been, that's a lot of people's opinion. That's Donald Trump's opinion. Donald Trump has the vaccine, right? But to tell people that, but to tell people that if you get the vaccine, there's no chance of you getting COVID, I think is just not being very genuine, right? I think that that is just people saying things that they want to say because their puppet pull, string pullers are telling them to say. There, I mean, there are a lot of people right now with the vaccine who are getting the Delta variant. And so I think that telling people if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID is, is not a good thing to do. I think you should say it'll help you stay away from getting COVID. It's still slightly possible. But regardless, nobody's going to get the vaccine if we get locked down again. Nobody's, nobody else is going to get the vaccine because what's the point? I mean, I've been saying this for months. What's the point of getting the vaccine if we're going to stay locked down? I know a lot of people in my generation who got the vaccine just because they wanted to be able to go on campus mask-free. If they said, hey, get the vaccine, you still have to go on campus. A lot less people in my generation who only 40% of people in my generation have gotten the vaccine a lot less people would have got the vaccine. And now, it's really interesting too, because I, I look over at the future of the country and I, I don't know what to, to make of it, right? I see a lot of people on my side of the aisle who are my age, who really, really, really want freedom. They want to own firearms and they want to own, they want low taxes. You know, they want to, they want to stop the murder of babies. And I see people on the other side and they just they're the complete opposite. Their, their hair is dyed blue. They think that everything Donald Trump said ever has been racist and white supremacist filled and everything like that. So I don't know what the future is, but I will tell you right now, I think the left is winning. And I think the left is winning for a very serious reason because the right isn't fighting. That's, that's seriously what it, the right is not fighting for the youth, right? Many statewide candidates, many candidates throughout the country they don't, I mean, the only reason they care about the youth is because the youth are the people who typically door knock and make phone calls. That's it, right? My friend CJ Pearson is a campaign manager for Vernon Jones. And, you know, I, I, you know, I have my opinions on Vernon Jones and some of them are good. And some of them, I do have questions that I do want to ask, ask Vernon and he's supposed to be coming on in a couple of months. So I will ask him then. However, I still think that it is good when we have more young people brought to the table, right? My friend Vince Dow was, let me pull this up. My friend Vince Dow was at SAS with TPUSA, who overall does a lot of good stuff. TPUSA does a great stuff. That's why I'm proud to help them grow being an ambassador for TPUSA. But Vince Dow, who he's got, you know, he's a lot cooler than I am. He is the founder of America Populist Union. Uh, which is conservative standing up for America's workers and family, not the interest of corporation, globalist elites, and foreign nations. He put something on Twitter, if I can find it. He put something on Twitter that says, Thank you to the guys at the Republicans for National Renewal for hosting us last weekend. Together we will build all build infrastructure that the populist right can rely upon. We don't want the GOP to give us a seat at the table. We want to run the show. 
Many young people are tired of watching the status quo. We're being tired of hearing that it's we have to wait our turn. We have to wait for the 27-term Republican congressman to retire or die in office before we can go and, and change it up. That's not what the Founding Fathers intended, and that's why I support term limits also. Many people in my generation are tired of being told to wait. I personally think, I personally think that the College Republican National Chair should have a seat, a voting member seat on the college, or on the National Republican Committee, on the RNC, on the Republican National Committee. I think that the the college, and I think if, if there's a teenage and a young Republican National Chair, there's a young Republican, I'm not sure if there's a teenage National Chair, they should have a voting seat on that because they are the ones who really matter. I don't think anybody over the age of 40, 45 is really likely to change who they vote for, right? If somebody's voted for Ronald Reagan, I mean, if somebody voted for Ronald Reagan in every Republican sense, they're not really going to go vote for a Democrat. That's my personal belief on that, right? So I think that it's very important that we get young people involved because if we don't get young people involved, everything Donald Trump did will not matter. The left is seriously going after my generation. They're trying to push my generation to be socialist, and they're very smart in doing so. They're making it seem that if you're not socialist and if you don't believe in the socialist ideology, that you are a bigot, right? And they, they try to. That's why they're trying to mischaracterize Donald Trump and they're mischaracterized the rest of the Republicans. I mean, for God's sake, they even said they said Mitt Romney wants to put you back in change. Mitt Romney might be overall the nicest guy in politics, right? He might be the best guy in politics, not in terms of politics. I don't like his politics at all, but in terms of him and his personality, he might be the best guy in politics, right? I wouldn't vote for him in a primary to save my life, but he might be a very nice guy. And they said that against him. They will go after anyone. I mean, I read something from Ken Paxton on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that said that the, what they're doing where they go after anybody who even throws their hat in the name, their name in the hat of Republican, they're really going to make it to where these people do not want to run for office, average everyday people, because they're going to get mischaracterized. They're going to, they're going to get slandered and many people are going to call them, on they're going to call them criminals and rapists and racists just because they believe that we should lower taxes and that they're pro-life and i think that the place we're going in our country is really it can really it's really scary right it's really scary and until we until we put up young people to lead until we put those people up the left will have unfettered access to every liberal every young kid in this country they will because they're the only ones doing it right i said this on uh brian pritchard show him and i do a do a weekly segment at 9 a.m every every wednesday on his show and definitely tune it in do tune into that it's fyntv.com brian and i were talking about this and this is what i said right let's imagine your car breaks down and a guy drives up to you on the side of the road says hey i can fix that for a thousand dollars and you are 20 minutes away from the nearest anything else and you have a you your car's broken down you can't fix it right even though he may not he may not be the best deal and he may not even be the best at his job because he's the only person who's talking to you he's gonna get your business right i mean this is true in anything right the first person in a primary to reach out to me and say hey Noah, i would like your vote i'd like to come on your show i'd like your vote i'd like all this typically is who i'm voting for to start with unless other people reach out to me because there's something about there's something about it psychologically. So the left is reaching out to people my age. You know, every time that a volunteer went on to the Elizabeth Warren campaign, I'm 95% certain it was Elizabeth Warren who would call them and thank them personally. Until Republicans 
start with cherishing and trying to uplift Republican teenagers and college students and whatever it may be until they start trying to do that, the left will have unfettered access to my generation because the left understands how important it is to win my generation because that's, that's, and that's why the majority of liberals go into teaching. I, I really do believe that, that the majority of liberals are teachers. One, because there's a certain idea that maybe they care more about you know, stuff like that and they would rather do that than make a lot of money but there's a certain thing that goes why would you go you know if you're a teacher you can put your you can push your ideology very slowly on people and then why do you think that the teachers unions have so much power and the, the democrats listen to the teachers unions so much because one that's a lot of money a lot of votes that they get right the teachers unions donate overwhelmingly to the democratic party but two two and the big thing is they know that if they keep these teachers on the good side of the Democrats, that many of these teachers will vote Democrat, and in turn, their Democrat beliefs will come off on their students. Now, of course, not in everything, right? Not in math class. You know, now, I used to say not even really in science class, but as it looks now, I mean, that may, that may be changing, right? That may be changing. But that's the problem with allowing the left to have unfettered access, because when you do that, when you let the left have unfettered access, they win. And that's something we need to start fighting against. If you're a Republican and you're listening to this, be a teacher. Seriously, be a teacher. Be a college professor. Start going against the grain. Cut against the grain. Don't listen to the establishment. Go be a teacher. If you're listening to this and you don't want to be a teacher because I wouldn't want to be a teacher, run for school board. Run for city council, run for county commission. Heck, even run for state representative. It's something that in a lot of states is part-time. I think county commission and city council on average meet maybe once or twice a week in somewhere like a small town like where I live. Run for city council, run for county commission. Takes a, one Thursday a month, maybe two. And you can have a real say on what your kids learn, especially on the school board. And the perk is, I mean, I think the city council, county, they get paid like $700 a month. It ain't bad. It's not bad for two nights a week, right? So run for something like that because that is where the real difference is made. My friend Scott Pressler travels all around the country speaking to Republicans and urging them to run for these local offices. That's where the vast majority of decisions are made. There's only one per on one group who can put a tax on you overwhelmingly without you knowing it, and that's the school board. The school board can tax you as much as they want. Run for these offices. Run for these offices. Because if we don't, the left will, right? My my, Where I live, most of these offices are nonpartisan. Most of the mayors, city councilmen, school board, they're nonpartisan, right? But what you run into, the problem that you run into, is that in a, in a state like mine, a lot of these Democrats kind of act like they're a Republican until they get on the board. Once they get on the board, they do whatever. So run against them. Seriously. Run against them. I'll help you out. Seriously, give me a call. We'll figure this out. We'll get you on there, right? And what we need to do is we need to start taking back our institutions. This is not a two-year plan. This is a 20-year plan. But if we start taking back our institutions and we start telling, we take over control and we start telling them, you're not going to get funding if you continue to push critical race theory, if you continue to push that all white people are bad and racist and orange man, but you keep pushing that, you will not get a dime of funding from xyz right city council whatever you'll start to see 
this gener- that's exactly what the left did 20 years ago 30 years ago in the 1990s and 1980s they 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 understood that Reagan and Bush were popular and they started to take over the local levels right and also here's the thing about the local levels most people don't start out as president most people don't just Trump is weird right most people start off as a, as a city councilman maybe then maybe congress then maybe a governor then you work your way to be to the white house right i mean i'm just saying many of you obviously most people listening will never be president because there's going to be one president in four years and whatever, right? But we need people to start running for these, right? Because we're already feeling the effects of what happens when Democrats can do this. Newt Gingrich tweeted out, Biden's hidden taxes have begun hitting. Re- real wages dropped 1.7% in June. That is a tax on every working American and their family. Huge spending programs will make inflation worse and collapse the standard of living for everyone but the very rich. Yeah, he's 100% right. The former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, he's 100% right. And until we start to fight back against this and we start to overtake him and we start to say, hey, you can't you can't bankrupt my generation, we'll start to really have, that's until, we'll have problems until then, right? Because what's happening is most people on average get around a 3% raise every year. Well, right now over the last five years, or last year, inflation has is, inflation is raised 5%. Now, of course, some of that is due to the fact that a year ago today, year over year, inflation was down because everybody was home, and there was a lot of velocity of money which lowers inflation. Because a lot of people were getting a bunch of money, and they were spending it, and whatever it may be, right? A lot of people were home, and they were they were shopping, and a lot of people were getting in the unemployment, so there was a lot more money around, a lot more money is being spent. That's, But still, this is hurting the American people. Biden is not... He's not. I don't think Biden necessarily himself is a bad guy, but I do think that many of his many of his answers are not right. Many of his answers are wrong, right? And until we start fighting back against many of these wrong answers, we'll really have a problem. We really, we really will, because we need to we need to fight back against them. We need to fight back against the terrible, terrible things of the left i mean cj pearson just recently tweeted out there are few elected offices more important than school board in today's america and a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people don't understand how important school board is to get back to that so we need to we need to fight back against the left we need to fight back against the right are the people on the right who don't want to fight against what's going on in our country they don't want to they don't want to they want to be they don't want to be seen as somebody who just frank quite frankly just doesn't you know they don't want to be seen as somebody who who cares about the average person because then their corporate donors won't do it right thank you so much for listening to this episode of let freedom Ring. this is not the end rather the beginning of a movement that will carry my generation into freedom thank you and i'll see you next time Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing MailChimp, built for growing businesses.